In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 120th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode here, Why LSU's Greedy Williams Makes Sense for the Falcons with the 14th overall pick. We got the draft coming up in just over a week. Next Thursday through Saturday where the Falcons hold nine picks presently and the 14th pick overall in the draft. Falcons have been out making moves since the start of free agency. A lot of, uh, you know, low-budget uh, moves to buttress the line. Uh, we have all that up for you online. We're going to devote this whole episode here of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast as to why Greedy Williams makes sense. Number one, measurables. Number two, the comparison. Number three, the depth chart. Number four, the position. And number five, no visit, no problems. Why these top 30 visits are not uh, all they're cracked up to be. From none other than Bill Polian, football hall of famer and general manager, builder of dynasties in the league. So, we went to this pick last Friday in our mock 4.0, and uh, since then, since kind of figuring it out and what the Falcons have been doing, all things point to Greedy, Greedy Williams, the LSU cornerback, six foot one, 185 pounds. Uh, the Falcons have the 14th overall pick in the draft. There are going to be some good players there. Uh, certainly, um, Demarcus the Dexter Lawrence is going to be hard to pass on. So with Christian Wilkins, Ed Oliver will be long gone. Montez Sweet will be long gone. Uh, you know they just don't. You know um, uh, have the you know the tackle is going to come down to the line and cornerback. Cornerback is more of a priority now after free agency, and we'll explain that for you as we move through. This here episode on why LSU's Greedy Williams is, makes sense for the Falcons. He's out of Shreveport, Louisiana. He's the number one rated cornerback in the draft. In part because of his measurables. Six foot one. He's long. 185 pounds. He only played three years there. So he can add on some weight. Well, he, he will add on some naturally as he gets older. He's the fastest of the three corners. Uh, we'll talk about them later. 4.37 seconds in the 40-yard dash. Nine and a quarter hands. 31 and a half arms. 1.51 in the 10-yard shuttle. And 2.56 in 20 yards uh, distance. The, um, those the intervals are the 40. Uh, the first 10 yards and then second uh, 10 yards, the, the times for that. Uh, 
So he's a prototypical corner, long corner. We know the Falcons like the long guys to play their cover three zone, and he fits it to a T, and he has a speed. Number one, measurables. Number two, a comparison. The comparable for Greedy Williams coming out of colleges is none other than Akib Tlaib. And who wouldn't have taken him uh, if he slipped to 14? Uh, Yeah, he had some issues coming out of Kansas State. Some of the issues were the same thing. Well, he doesn't want to tackle. He doesn't want to get physical. That's what the word was about Greedy at the uh, Senior Bowl. But we saw over time where Akeem got real physical, got uh, uh, very good in run support, very good with uh, combating receivers to the point that, you know, um, certainly he was good enough to play for Wade Phillips, good enough for Wade to go get him and bring him out with him from uh, Denver to Los Angeles. That's your comparison player. Uh, you know, you could find a big cornerback in the draft at 14. He has the size, the athleticism, and the ball skills that are most comparable to Aqib Tlaib. Who's going to pass on that? Falcons aren't. Depth chart. Okay, so this is why we do the depth chart every week because they go – and fill in the holes. When we first uh, did the pre-free agency depth chart, we saw the holes at defensive end. We saw uh, the holes on the offensive line. Uh, We saw the holes in in the secondary. They're still there. They addressed the line problems. They went and signed four linemen here in free agency. Geddes, Weitzel, uh, Jamin Brown and James Carpenter. So that's going to add, you know, all those guys are over 320. Uh, Wetzel's 323. He's the newest one. Uh, Geddes is a big boy, too. And Carpenter's 323. And then Jamin's 340. So, I mean, they're not going to run outside zone with a bunch of 320 guys. But maybe they uh, maybe they are, and they're just uh, not doing the makeover of the line. And we're, we're just, you know, not real, you know, smart on that. But uh, they're definitely added four big boys on the line, which lets you know kind of, hey, you know, the outside zone might be uh, not something they're going to do, you know, 100% of the time for sure. So the depth chart. They let Alford, Poole, and Bethel go. Cornerbacks. Alford was a starter. Poole was a nickel. They both played over 90. Over um, Poole played over nearly 80% of the snaps. Alford like in the 90s. So you got to replace those guys. Okay, so they're telling us uh, Isaiah Oliver for Alford. That's cool. Uh, Poole, uh, DeMonte Casey, a converted safety. He was a cornerback in college. Little light at 165. That's that, you know, he he might be just fine. Uh, true fine at the corner. You know, he's got uh, three years left on his contract. I mean, you can get a top flight guy that could come in and maybe take over that spot in a year. Maybe true fine could last a couple more years inside as the nickel. But in this league, and Jerome Henderson told us this last year. 
hey, you never have enough cornerbacks. And, you know, the Falcons have been subscribing to this theory since, uh, you know, Coach Quinn got here, you know, trying to convert uh, wide receivers to cornerbacks, Deontay Burton, uh, you know, a couple of the other kid there that was out of the Pittsburgh area. Uh, you know, they try in all kinds of ways to come up with these long cornerbacks so they can match up, press their, uh, press the receiver, slow them down, play their cover three zone, and come up and whack you. And then also give your uh, ends a chance to get to the quarterback. So on the depth chart, there's a big hole at cornerback. They did re-sign Blindy Ray Wilson, but they've added Three cornerbacks go, added none in free agency, and there's only three cornerbacks in the draft with first-round grades. Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker from Georgia, and Trayvon Mullen from Clemson. Williams is the best one. He's rated number one because he was fast. He went 4-3-7. Baker went 4-5-2. Mullen went 4-4-6. Although I did have Baker at a 4-4-8 and a 4-4-6 on his pro day, but the official time went in as 4-5-2. So Mullen, 6-1-199, tough physical guy. But they said he benefited from Clemson's tough front and that he's kind of stiff and uh, needs an extra step to turn his body and, and, and cover people. So Williams is the better player here. The Falcons have a hole uh, in the depth chart at, uh, for an elite corner. You're not going to find one outside of the first round here in this draft. You're not going to find one on the street. That's why we're stuck on Greedy Williams here going into the last week. Our final mock will be on Wednesday, but i am pretty much made my mind up here that I'm sticking with him. Uh, the Falcons, uh, we do have access here the next couple of days. If, if they're trying to get me off of him, then I'll know that, uh, that he's the guy. But if they uh, start pushing some other people at me, uh, We'll just have to make a uh, decision. But I'm pretty comfortable with the Greedy Williams uh, selection here at Mach 4.0. I'm ready to ride it on through the draft because nothing else really makes sense other than a lineman there. Uh, but I think, you know, you can get a lineman later, certainly get a defensive tackle later. Uh, by getting Adrian Claiborne, they let you know they got five ends now. Uh, they signed Cliff Odom today, so that gives you six ends. Tack, Vic Beasley, Steven Means, Adrian Claiborne, Chris Odom. Uh, you know, so they they got a lot of ends. They won't be drafting one uh, this high. And Montez Sweet won't be there anyway. And the other kid from Michigan, woo, he's got some bad stuff on him too. Uh, big prototype guy. So, we're going to review one measurables, two comparables, three depth chart, and then four, lockdown cornerback. Who doesn't need a lockdown cornerback? We got a note here. Who doesn't need a LDCB, lockdown cornerback? One scout told our good friend Bob McGinn at BobMcGinnFootball.com, he just totally takes people out of the game. Hey, who doesn't need that in this passing league right now? You can go into the game taking out their top receiver. 
You know, who doesn't need that? Everybody needs that. Then the quarterback's got to check down. And he's got to look over here. Then next thing you know, your pass rush is there. So if you got somebody that could lock down a player and take them out of the game, uh, you certainly try to take them. And Greedy Williams showed he can do that. Uh, there was one bad play uh, against Alabama. He gave uh, Jerry Judy an inside release. And then he kind of tried to trip him as he got by him. And he scooted on by for a touchdown. But, you know, technique-wise, they can fix something like that. And uh, then there's no uh, no crime in getting beat by Jerry Judy uh, any, at any day of the week. Now, lastly, you all might say, well, hey, Greedy Williams didn't have a visit. The Falcons did not talk to him. He did not uh, uh, go and do a private workout. They did not take the plane to see him. But that's okay. And um, this comes from Bill Polian. He's listening on Sirius tonight. He was breaking down with, hey, where the media and the fans get all uh, riled up about these uh, top 30 visits. And, uh, you know, I don't get riled up about them. And I don't try to incite y'all because over time, when we've seen who came in for the visits, the Falcons never draft those guys. I mean, I remember they had Ryan Shazier in here, and they were taking pictures and putting them on Facebook and everything. They don't draft the guys that come in for the visits. The when, when they do take the plane out and we get information about that, like we did for Keanu O'Neill and Isaiah Oliver, those guys tend to be the ones they are really looking at to get drafted. The top 30 visit guys are coming in here for medicals. Uh, they want to look at x-rays or MRIs closer to the draft just to make sure that they're healthy. Then, two, they want to go over the testing process uh, of how they process information. You know, some guys, Bill Polian said this last night, and I got it, I taped it. He said, some of the guys can't read very well, so you can't really teach them uh through reading materials. Sometimes you got to do it uh, with uh, movies and drawings and so forth. So how they process information is another reason why they bring them in for the visits. And uh, also the psychologist might have a question for them. Uh, you know, so some of those guys don't do well in standardized testing, but you want to see how they process information because you just don't want somebody in there. You're trying to teach game plans and put stuff in, and, you know, you can't teach them. So, you know, that's another reason why they bring uh, players back for that 30 visit. And then lastly, the physical exam. They might not like, they might not have the physical exam uh, on the player and they want to get one. So that's why these 30, top 30 visits are not that big of a deal. Uh, you know, I know the fact I've been tracking them, they really. You can go back and look at them, uh, see which guys they drafted that came in on top 30 visit, and it's not it's it's not a hot hit rate. It's more of a hit rate on those private workouts. So when we see those, we try to make sure we get get those to you. So we're going to wrap it up here with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the 120th episode. Why LSU's Greedy Williams makes sense for the Falcons. Measurables. Comparison, depth chart, lockdown corner, and no visit, no problems. Hey, everybody, you all take care and get ready for the draft next week. We'll have some stuff posted uh, Wednesday from the postseason workout, from the uh, offseason program, and then on Thursday we'll hear 
coach Dan Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov at their pre-draft press conference. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.